Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo Kellum, Kelly Patrick, and the lovely Ashley Danielle. You know, I, always love, I always love some Guns and Roses, man. We got a lot to talk about today. Kentucky had a big win yesterday over Georgia. That is not a big win. I mean, I can't. We can't even. <laughs> I can't get. get I can't get through the seconds, rundown before we. Thirty seconds. Into I was giving the, the rundown show before you say some nonsense. It was a, a. It was a home win. Seventy-nine fifty-four. Imp- impressive win. home win for the Kentucky Wildcats. And then you guys go on the road. We've got the uh, to LSU. We're going to lose <laughs> Tuesday because nine o'clock. We got, the, we got the Super Bowl coming up next Sunday. Oh, we're going to skip. I'm just giving a rundown. Oh, okay. We're going to come back to it. Next Sunday, we got the big Super Bowl game. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Richard Sherman and his comments, his unsportsmanlike uh, uh, conduct last week. We're gonna, Is that what you We're going to dive into that. So you really you think it was bad? Uh, a portion of it, yes. What portion? Uh, I think I didn't have a problem with his interview at all. Okay, so but you're saying like on the field? On the field when he went up and uh, you know tapped him on behind and did the choke sound. Yeah, smacked his butt. And they actually yeah, had that, the that audio. If you, if you heard the audio for it, I don't know if you guys had a chance to go to ESPN.com and uh, post it on there. Uh, all he said was "good game, good game," and went to shake his hand. He didn't say anything harmful, but then he did the choke sign. It was, he did the choke sign yeah. after he refused to shake his hand. Yeah, it was kind of he antagonized him a little bit. You know, I, I had a problem with that more than anything. But what he said, so after if the, he because yeah. when he shook his air, he reached his hand to shake his hand, and he declined to shake his hand. Well, yeah, it was a heated. He moment. should just walk away and just be like, "No, he did the right no thing. He deal. mugged him." <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I would have done. So that's the right thing. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. So how are you promoting physical violence? No, he was tempted. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 you know, you 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 played obviously. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And it, I know you got an emotional. It uh, gets testy. Maybe you been a game winning shot that you may have missed out on. Uh, maybe I don't you, normally miss those. And maybe you got the game winning <laughs> rebound or something like that. And those you know, I, I get yeah, your, your emotions are flying. So yeah, he did the right thing. He you know. He's like, get out of my face, and he kept walking. If I were Crabtree, I could see being a little bit pissed off about, you know. Can we someone, say that on the air? Right, right after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, about <laughs> about being, you know, through the game, him and Sherman, the very the very clutch play of the game came down to Sherman batting the, the ball out of his face and yeah. to his teammate for an interception, and then he smacks his butt and tries to shake his hand. They were probably talking smack to each other the entire oh, they, game. They've been talking smack even before the so season. So I, I could see, if I'm Crabtree, I could see being a little bit, a little bit yeah. uh, peeved but the, at that. But the Is it not unsportsmanlike for him to extend his hand to shake his hand, and he doesn't shake his hand back? Yeah, because it wasn't done in sincerity. How do you know that? Because his how? helmet's on. How do you know? He's saying, game's over. No, he, good game. he ran up to him. You can hear it. He said, good game, good game. But it's just the way he did it. Body language, which sometimes speaks louder than words. How can you tell body language? I mean, like, he ran up to him, pat him on the butt, said, good game, good game. Mark, Michael Crabtree doesn't want to shake his hand. Okay, so after... Here's the interview. Yeah, here, here it is. is. I think it was uh, somebody with Sigma shout out, was it? MOB. What did he say? I don't end? know what he said. Yeah, I mean, I would expect that from a Sigma, the class and etiquette they don't have as other fraternities, but uh, I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I mean, I, I've heard worse trash talk after, after big games or big fights, so even on top of that. Heck, Mike Tyson said he's going to eat somebody's kids after a fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? The thing is, leading up to the Super Bowl, you got to have a story. Yeah. And this is the story leading up to it. Both of these teams are pretty much clean cut off the field. It's not like it was, you know, back when uh, even uh, Ray Lewis and the whole murder thing, his redemption story. Uh, I don't know if you remember Eugene. Uh, I think Con- Eugene used to play for the Falcons. He got caught for prostitution the day before the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's always Reggie Bush and the whole USC thing when the, the Saints were going out for the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they were taking the, the Heisman away. <laughs> so 
pretty much on both of these teams, <laughs> there's not a lot of. There's got to be a storyline. There's no outfield storyline. Russell Wilson so they isn't really have providing a it. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning, obviously, he's clean cut, no drama. But but they I mean, drama th- th- going there into is the a storyline with Peyton Manning being the first quarterback to ever lead two different teams to the Super Bowl victory. If Peyton Manning does this, is he going to go down as the greatest quarterback ever? So I mean, that's a storyline. It's not controversial though. Exactly. So they needed some controversy. They needed Especially the, for media day. The backlash towards Rick, Richard Sherman really was, um, you know, carried away in a lot of parts. I mean, there was some racial tones to it. I mean, there, uh, I mean there's always going to be idiots I mean, on Twitter this, saying, saying bad things. This guy things, has a but master's, I mean, degree, some, master's degree from Stanford. Stanford. I mean, come on. I think, did you guys watch his interview? Um, I guess it was in the last couple of days on ESPN where he was talking about how upset he was about being called a thug, and he thought he was had gotten away from that. And I think maybe he was saying back when he was at Stanford, some of that was going on. But and he made a good point about that too. Actually. Yeah, right. he's from yeah. Compton. He, he, he really grew up did. in a, in an area where he said that he was no matter what. He has dreads. He looks the part of a uh, someone who he looks who, like a who, football player. He looks like a football five, player. Yeah. He, he's always <laughs> been criticized six, regardless six of what he does. I mean, he he's. He is from um, an area of, of low income and, and places that he's faced a lot of stereotypes in his life, regardless of his actions. And so, I mean, it's understandable that he may be a little bit. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. A little bit of. And he's, mean, a, he's a fifth round draft pick. More, more than a little bit. More than a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's a, a, a very intense dude. I mean, you, did you see his debate with Skip Bayless where he called him out? Did I you ever see, see that? that? But I did see. Mm-hmm. The, I did see. No, the, I, did no, see no I mean, he he got went on there, went toe to toe with Skip Bayless, and let him have it. Very articulate, uh, confident guy. I mean, he 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 writes a, a a piece for Sports Illustrated a lot of weeks. I mean, he's a a very good writer, smart guy. Um, but I mean, that was a professional wrestling. We talked in our last show about pro wrestling. That was a professional wrestling um, approach to looking in the camera, and I mean. Just calling out Michael Crabtree—that was intense, and it, it was, was good. Intense. I think Aaron Andrews uh, was probably happy with the interview. I mean, that was a uh, a moment nobody will forget for a long time. At all. And uh, I saw on the NFL NFL.com today that he his uh, agent thinks he's going to get millions of dollars in endorsements after. So apparently, it's not that big of a deal. He has a shot in the WB. He might be at the, um, the Royal WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> Royal, yeah. Royal Rumble. Well, you tonight, know what? Bro. I wouldn't be surprised if they always have a celebrity uh, yep. guest to, to come in and Tyson help was there. Yeah. And uh, who was it? Mayweather did a, a, right. did a, a then, when he gets a big show. Um, yeah. Who was it with the Giants that was on there? With the who? The, the Jazz? Giants. Michael Strahan. Oh, Michael Strahan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was on last year. Was he? Yeah, okay. Last WrestleMania. Is that who you yeah. meant? Where is this WrestleMania? WrestleMania is like the biggest. No, I, I said New where? Orleans. I'm actually, hey, I actually may be is going. It, 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 uh, at the Lloyd uh, uh, Superdome. Yeah, maybe going. Lloyd contacted me and said they may be going up there to cover it, so I may have the opportunity to go oh tonight. No, the New Orleans man in for, March. For, oh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Not, not not the Royal Rumble. No, okay. no, not tonight. Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We don't know the name of our caller, but who do we have on the line with us? Are you there? Uh, yeah, Donald Thomas. Uh, Donald, okay. H- how are you doing this morning? What do you have for us this morning, Donald? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Uh, y'all just been talking about the Richard Sherman interview and... Uh, with Aaron Andrews, I thought it was uh, 
first of all, I thought uh, his interview was, was very personal with him and Ricky Crabtree. So it, it was more malicious towards him in the uh, the past history they have with, between them two. You know, him being uh, at a function, Larry Fitzgerald function, and him uh, supposedly, Eric, Eric, I mean, Crabtree trying to fight Richard Sherman. So that had a history in the past of themselves. Uh, so I didn't like what he said about uh, Crabtree calling him out. I thought that was very inappropriate, and uh, it just really got a kick to himself and set up his team and what they had just accomplished in beating the 49ers. But the thing what I didn't like is because of his tone of speaking and how he was so boisterous, the after effects that I thought was very uh, inappropriate to him calling him a thug. And, I mean, a lot of times when I, I feel when, when you hear that word thug, it's, it's, it has a lot of racial undertone to it. When a, a person, African American, is speaking very boisterous or very loud, and it, it is not done in good taste, so uh, I, I think that reference to him was being a thug, not knowing anything about him, just because he called another player. I thought that was uh, uh, very inappropriate, and that's something that needs to be brought to light when it comes to uh, an African American who speaks very loud and very boisterous. And then all of a sudden he's labeled as a thug, not knowing anything about that person. Great call. You know, no, I, uh, I agree it completely. Uh, Richard Sherman pointed out that there was a hockey match the week before where a bunch of white dudes, right when they dropped the puck, all just started swinging on each other. Hardcore fight. Nobody called them thugs. And right. one one professional wrestling type approach to calling out a, a, his opposition where he was flashy and bringing attention to himself, and all of a sudden Richard Sherman's a thug. I mean, that's... Um, a very fair criticism to say that there's racial undertones to it. Now, I want to be devil's yeah. advocate for a okay, second here, do. Donald. Um, Richard Sherman did a commercial this week where they use the word thug, and he's in the commercial, and it's for Dr. Dre Beats oh, really? or something. Yes. And, you know, if if it was so offensive, why did he do that commercial? I want to see that commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might be on. Yeah, I know, but sure. that's... The funny part about it, I think that the commercial was released uh, before all this came about. So it was. I, I know it. I it, saw it. Yeah. <laughs> right, I understand, so just, but still, even though know, you think it before, why would uh, why would you do that? I mean, he was making a statement by, by, by being in the commercial and addressing that that's a, a constant conflict Richard Sherman has had um, since his days in high school, I think. I mean, he's not a thug. He's a... No, he's very well educated. Very well educated guy who's really good at his profession. He's probably the best corner. He's probably the he's six foot four. He he's the best best corner. He he has the most interceptions out of any corner over the past couple years. Despite being paid only five hundred fifty thousand, the league minimum. The the league minimum. Right. Uh, He he's productive. He's part of that great Seattle defense. So I mean, it, it is very interesting that he's constantly battling this. Uh, perception of a, a thug even before last Sunday's uh, altercation. Right now, hockey, going back even to when Louisville had a hockey team, those guys, uh, the frogs. They, whatever they were, it was one of the silliest <laughs> names. But, you know, they had guys who were the enforcers, and they would say, you know, he's a thug. Let's bring, he's our enforcer thug. He's going to come out. And his, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Ron something, but he, uh, his only job was to come out and be a thug was to take guys to the glass and uh 
So, you know, maybe that goes back. It are we are we being too insensitive? I'm I mean, just I, I mean, this goes back into. I mean, at one point, Thug where it was embraced. I, I guess kind of saw it through the whole Tupac era. You know, I was I came of age during that era. Thug Bones and Harmony. I mean, Thug, Bones yeah, and Harmony, now it's just I don't life. know, man. It's, but I, I also it, yeah. think that that word was embracing a certain way of limit living that not necessarily doesn't apply to everyone. Like to me, I grew up in the West End. A thug is somebody that's going to be on the corner selling drugs, shooting people. That's a thug to me. But I guess maybe it's yes. related to your I frame mean, of reference. But, I mean, you can't call someone a thug. It's a professional player hasn't gotten in any trouble otherwise because he makes a rant on television that's, like, totally related to competition. He was a thug. Have you seen a picture of <laughs> Kelly Patrick? I'm serious. You see a picture of my co-host Kelly Patrick when he had a mohawk. <laughs> he looked like a little badass little kid. I mean, just, we're <laughs> nobody's calling thug that was running Justin around Bieber right back then. He was a thug. We'll get to Justin yeah. Bieber later, but I mean, people could call him a thug if he was. That? That's Richard Sherman. Yeah, maybe people will call him a thug because now he's getting DUIs and this, that, and the other. Like, I think people have he's to be sensitive. People have brat. to be sensitive to who they're speaking to, to and of, especially when the public is paying attention. Just my two. Good stuff there. Thank you very much for the call. We really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your weekend. Oh, you too. Thank you. Great call there. I like it. You know, um, it does, a lot of times right now, it is really being interlaced the Justin Bieber DUI and the racing in the um, Lamborghini or whatever he was driving in Miami where, I mean, he's not really being called a thug. And the racial um, issues between the two are, are very I popular. Mean, I mean, that's a very hot button type topic. I mean, right he's now. a privileged kid who's doing bratty things. I mean, that's how I look at it. I mean, he's I not was a doing kid. just it, not. I mean, when I was his age, he, I was he, doing nothing, nothing he, I, less than what Justin Bieber's doing. But I think he's. Try, I honest. think he tries to be a thug. He's trying to, to, to be this bad kid type of kind of like uh, Mal- Mally Ray Cyrus. I don't, yeah, right. oh, he does. Oh, on, he does. When, when you saw so when, when you saw Justin Bieber come, come on, out with. Man. Come on, man. When you saw Justin Bieber yeah, come out with got, Floyd Mayweather. He said drug raids at his house. And, yeah, he said he's coming out with Floyd Mayweather. Did you see him look, the look on Justin Bieber's face a couple years ago? I think it was against Victor Ortiz when Floyd Mayweather was escorted to the ring by Justin Bieber. And Bieber looked like he was pissed off and wanted to fight somebody. He really did. Yeah, with his bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's 19. And he's really scrawny. Period. He's not a thug. He's not even close. My brother's 20, so I get it. <laughs> I, I think somebody just does. needs to punch him one good time. You think so? Yeah. No one's gonna I don't have a problem great. with Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. If I were in Justin Bieber's shoes, Justin Bieber's I would probably no possibly... punch him. Someone could punch him. No one's going to punch Justin Bieber. Keyshawn Johnson almost kicked his butt. He no. moved. Keyshawn Johnson sold his house. Yeah. He, sold he his made house. a move. He's See, look, he's a feat. I think one of the Kardashians bought his house, actually. Interesting. Wow. So I'm sure there's some drama to be had there in the future. Cele- celebrity gossip buzz, I mean, coming at you this, this Sunday morning. Okay, Ashley, uh, Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake? Ooh. Which better Justin? I mean, I'm going to go for Justin Timberlake just because okay. he's a real adult. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Justin Timberlake is cuter. I, I like uh, Justin Bieber's voice, like his speaking voice a little more, because I think Justin Timberlake's voice is... A little bit on the soft side. A little feminine. A little feminine. I have a deep voice. I'm kind of partial to men whose voice are a little bit more boisterous than mine. A little, little, more, <laughs> a little stronger. Yes. Once again, the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 till noon by Brandon J. Lawrence. Give him a call, 
800-800-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville, Brandon J. Lawrence, where what does J stand for? J stands for Julius Randall. For Julius Randall. J stands for justice. Carlo, Ashley, Todd, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Weekend Sports Buzz. That's why all the thugs out there. Coming back with some little bones, thugs, and harmony. I'm, I'm the biggest thug out of anyone here. We little Richard Sherman. Oh, There's a Richard Sherman pun there. Hush. I thought he was playing Tupac. I was about to say, Moment of Silence for my first husband, Tupac Shakur. Thug is the theme of our show today, and Todd will bring us into some Tupac later, later in the show, without a doubt, to represent the, you know, thug life. <laughs> The life, Kelly, you, the life you used to live when you were growing up, Kelly. Kelly. I don't know. It just sounds really funny coming out of your mouth. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up on the mean ste- streets of, of uh, Lagrange, and um, Kelly has a rap. The, the, the he th- has a rap. Yeah. He has street cred. I done. did. Yeah, so I mean, and he didn't rat out his friends when he got locked up. I didn't. <laughs> did like you? little Kim. Yeah, look, no. Did you? <laughs> He's like, I didn't. No comment. I don't know. He's Uh-oh. not going to incriminate himself on this good radio show. So. The the thug comments toward Richard Sherman are really dominating the airwaves right now. That's what a lot of people are talking about, the racial undertones. That's really the story leading up to the Super Bowl next Sunday. Um, but like I said, I think that the bigger storyline is if Peyton Manning wins, we always like to have that, these debates, who's the greatest quarterback ever, things like that. If Peyton Manning wins, I think he can make a legitimate claim to being the greatest quarterback ever. No. Not only regular season, no. but he has now done something, he will have done something that no one else has done in leading two different teams, putting them on his back, and winning a Super Bowl with two different franchises, completely unprecedented. I think it's a better story than that, but I'm going to tell you why he's not going to be the greatest. He's the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. But you, if you look at the, uh, I made a list out recently of the top ten quarterbacks of all time that I consider of all time. I want to hear it. He's Please. not even in my top five. I want to hear it. Yeah, what's your list? list? Do you have it with you? I've got it. I've, I've, got, I've, I've got it off the top of my head. Oh. How many N- you number players one. on the list? <laughs> number, number one. one. <laughs> this is my list. John Elway. Okay. Okay, that's he went legit. To, went to over five, what, five Super Bowls, went, won his last two. Number two, you got to go with Joe Montana. Four Super Bowl rings, you know. Uh, I'm with you. And he and he did take the Chiefs deep in the oh, not deep, uh, maybe what to I think AFC Championship when he played. He got close, okay. I think, kind of sorta. That's number two. Number three, Terry Bradshaw. Right. I was four wondering if you Super get Terry, Bowl right. victories. You guys are basing this all on Super Bowl victories. What has, do you mean? He has a lot to he do led with the one of the greatest teams of all time. What, four do Super Bowls. what are you basing on then, Kelly? Besides Super Bowls, what are you basing on? I base it on the talent and the, the performance on the field of someone who plays their position to the best. If we're talking greatest quarterbacks Number four, ever. Tom Brady. Okay. 
I mean, you say to the best. For, for me ability, to say that someone I, is so versatile that they can go between two different teams and take them both to winning a Super Bowl, you guys are really underscoring how unprecedented that really is. Peyton Manning left. He got hurt that year. So you know what, what did the Colts do without him? If, if he doesn't win, they, he'll they be just like Kurt Warner, right? Him. He'll be just like He's Kurt Warner. He's clearly the most right? valuable quarterback to ever play the game. Peyton uh, Manning is. So basically, I think this kind of goes back to the conversation we had last week, maybe about athletes, professional athletes like LeBron James. Well, he's not as good as Kobe because he doesn't have any, as many rings. Does the championships or amount of championships they win determine the caliber of player they are? That's not fair in a, I think in a team I think sport. it's different in it's basketball. It's a team sport in general. Either way, it's still a yeah. team sport. Football even more so even than more basketball so because, because there's 11 uh, guys on the field and, 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 and you actually not, take not, special teams into consideration. The there's 33 even, guys who contribute no, in no, large part to no, a football okay. team. Football it's team is completely all about, different It's all about the quarterback. We're talking about it. It's all about but who has the ball. He has the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah, but he can't block for himself. But he's not on the field on that's defense. That's the most important he's not on the field position on defense. So on how does the field that even, is the quarterback. Yeah, no. You say John Elway is the greatest ever. Yeah. I'll say Terrell Davis is the reason he won his last two Super Bowls. Clearly. Oh, it's Mike Shanahan. Come on. Yeah, Mike, Shanahan Mike Shanahan sucks. <laughs> Mike Shanahan is not the reason. It was John, Terrell Davis. can't deny what, what John Elway did throughout his career. He was uh, an elite-level quarterback. Come he on. deserves to be in the conversation. Terrell Davis was Come the MVP on. of those teams. He still he was the Who quarterback. Who was the MVP of those Super Bowls? He was the quarterback. Who was the Who MVP? Who, Who was the MVP? There? MVP of he those was the leader of the team. Answer my question. Who was the MVP he of the was, Super Bowls? It doesn't matter. Who was it doesn't MVP? matter. Does that take away from Tom Brady? Does that take away from Tom Brady's credits? Wasn't Deion Brady the MVP? Wasn't Deion Branch MVP of two of those? It was, I think uh, he was the MVP least? of one of them. Yeah, so what is, I mean, what is it, does that day, take away his It's significant as who's the come best on, player on the team. Time. Peyton Manning is head come and on, shoulders Kevin. above anyone else. So you're saying Peyton Manning is better than John Elway? Yes. Oh, you are crazy, man. Thank you, Todd. Really? <laughs> you think Peyton Manning is better than John Elway? Yes. No way. I do. He's good. Don't get me wrong. Okay, He's, if, if, Peyton if Manning Super great. Bowls is the stick, where does Fran Tarkenton? He's number six. Because he never won a Super Bowl. I like Fran Tarkin. No, he's he not wasn't number six. On the, we looked at a top I put him at, I put him in like, no, nah, he's not number six. I, actually, I got them actually on the borderline of 11 and 10 down my list. Okay. 11, uh, 11 and 10. Okay. What about Dan Marino? Dan Marino's actually, I put him in number seven. Above Peyton? I put Peyton in number six. Okay. I mean,. He doesn't. He won the Super Bowl. It's a very spirited. If he wins the Super Bowl, he might get in the top five. It's a very valid. But he'll be just like Kurt Warner. But I don't. I guess I don't understand. Like in a team sport, where it's one player. Yes, I would. I will give a quarterback a lot of credit and say that he was very, very important in the offense of the game or of the team in general. But how can you base whether or not a player is great based upon the rest of the team? Well, it's one player. I will argue that. The quarterback is the most important position of any sport. Any sport. I mean, name another one that is higher. That's fair. That's a legit that argument. Absolutely. Legit, completely legitimate and, argument. And nobody embraces that more than Peyton Manning. You put him on your team and you're going to go deep. In, you're going to go into the playoffs. I mean, like I said, he was on a team that was perennial uh, uh, um, uh, AFC championship contenders. Then he gets hurt and his team goes 3-13. and 13. How significant like is that? He's not surrounded by talent. He's not. Are you, look he at his he hasn't core. been through his Colts tenure. I'm talking about his talent at Denver. He's was surrounded Mar- by how talent. How good was Marvin he Harrison? He has more, t- he has more talent in Denver than he did at uh, Indianapolis. That's fair. Wes Welker. Uh, but uh, he's Tom- coming Mary's in Thomas. and just drop of a hat, taking him to the Super Bowl. I mean, that you guys are, in my opinion, really I mean, under, two years. Under, underscoring 
the significance of somebody coming in and saying, guys, this is how I do things. It's not like this we've is... never seen it before, though, Kelly. He's not the first quarterback to do this. Who uh, else has done Kurt this? Kurt Warner, but he lost. But he took the Cardinals and won with the, uh, won with the St. Louis Rams and okay. lost with the Cardinals. Uh, okay. I wanna, I wanna it's not the first time guys, this has happened. That's a, a, a very actually interesting argument. I mean, Kurt yeah. Warner did it. Some food for thought. All right. Just y'all can argue about this for a second. What if Peyton had stayed with the Colts? Would the Colts be in a position for the Super Bowl this year? I don't think with so. With Peyton. Because, you know, he switched. They went with Andrew Luck. So would they be better off with Peyton than Luck? No, because they weren't going to pay any money to get anybody else to come play with them. Just like they got with Luck right now. The only thing Luck has is it, well, Reggie Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton's pretty good. That's it. Trent Richardson didn't pan out. They, they would still have Jacob Tammy. They still I mean, don't have a a lot game. of the guys came from the Colts to the Broncos. Um, you know, an interesting and very relevant topic is Jim Irsay said he was just really happy, and he's the GM of the, the Colts. He said he's he. this is what he's been cheering for, is for Peyton Manning to make it to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, his Colts are, are left at home. I mean, if I were a Colts fan, I may be a little bit pissed off that right. Jim Irsay is clearly cheering for his old quarterback Peyton Manning to go on and win the Super Bowl. When I'm I, saying, I, I mean, sure. he's, let's not like they beat them to get there. I, mean, I still, got, I think the Colts fans should be should have been upset the fact that they let Peyton Manning go in the first place. I agree. I mean, that, uh, that's I a very with, legitimate. I agree with Ashley on that. I, I think if they had kept Peyton and uh, restocked his weapons, I think they would they would be in this position. Not I Denver. Think, yeah, like they would because have had who would to be restock. Denver's quarterback. Man, Okay, switch Andrew Tim Luck. Tim Tebow. Well, oh my God. switch Andrew Luck. And switch they had the sacrifice of version to get it. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If Andrew Luck was a quarterback of Denver and Peyton was still a quarterback of the Colts, who would who would where would they be today? The Broncos may still have Elvis Doomerville. Um, I mean, they they they, they would have a, a good team. T- hell, Tim Tebow quarterback them to a playoff he victory beat, beat a Steelers. couple years ago. So I mean, they were they had a good team in place. Guys like Champ Bailey, and uh, you know they had some talent on defense. A lot of Louisville they wouldn't players, be near as good. Uh, our Kentucky, Kentucky players, a Dane Trevathan, and uh, who else? Carl Wesley Woodyard. Wesley Woodyard. Yeah, yeah, that's the backbone of their uh, Jacob defense. Tammy. Yeah. yeah, Kentucky has put out so many great football players. Randall Cobb. You can't even say that I know you were joking to an extent, yeah. but I mean, Super Bowl winner, I would argue they, they, they how many rings y'all get. Who? Well, no, Randy Kyle came after that, didn't he? He wasn't on the Super Bowl team. No, he didn't win the Super well, anyway, Bowl. Yeah, you're after that. Sorry. But, I mean, it's it's a, a fair point. I saw Randall Cobb on uh, ESPN uh, Sports Nation yesterday. He had a good showing. Randall Cobb's turning into a big-time star. Oh, yeah, he's huge. Yeah. And so is Stevie Johnson. Um, You know, Louisville has their share of stars, too. Elvis I mean, if, Duberville, if you want to talk I about mean, stars, I mean... All I gotta say is the NBA. And that, oh, that's you know, every, that is up. so typical. UK, uh, let's it, stop talking about the sport we're inferior at. Let's talk about football because we're not good at anything else. <laughs> we we had Tim Couch. He was like what the number of, uh, number one quarterback drafted in the seriously first round that year. You yeah. can't even say that with your, with a straight face. His career wasn't his fault. It was the the oh, Cleveland Browns oh, okay. who destroyed his career. The okay. You're saying line. the offensive line is is important. He was set up. Saying. Yeah. Oh wow! The oh, Cleveland oh, Browns. Oh, interesting, Kelly. My God, the Cleveland Browns and Imagine the Cincinnati that. Bengals will destroy any player. That's fair. <laughs> right now. Tim Couch may have been more successful if he went. David Carr. I mean, there's a, a whole long list of quarterbacks who go into the wrong situation. Ryan Leaf. Ryan. Well, Ryan <laughs> Leaf maybe. I don't know. I mean, the Chargers. 
I mean, for a reason, Eli Manning refused to go to the Chargers. And he won uh, a Super Bowl. And, he, he and they, got, and they did. The Drew Brees, he won a Super Bowl. They did. I mean, the Rivers hasn't won anything. But Ryan Leaf had all sorts of other issues going on, too. Um, other than the Super Bowl, we're in the heart of college basketball season. On a local level, we have uh, Kentucky coming off a huge win at home over Georgia yesterday. Can you say that again with, the, <laughs> with an increased level of sarcasm? <laughs> uh, they beat Georgia 79-54. Their next game is at LSU Tuesday at 9. And I know Kentucky struggles on the road, oh, especially in the in the super difficult SEC. That's a loss. How, how do we struggle on the road? Who man? have you beat have you on the road? Have you seen your road record? You've won one road game in the last 25 games. Listen, if you – okay, let's talk about the game yesterday. No, <laughs> see, <laughs> we don't want to talk about the real it, things. It, that's just the real thing. Oh, okay. I mean, th- th- they'll beat LSU at home. This team is really. They will you, beat LSU if you, at if, home. If you watched yesterday's game, they're really gelling right now. They're Either at home. John Hood came in of and got some action. Of course they gel at home. Of course they John Hood home. made an ESPN top 10 play yesterday. The Dakari Johnson, Alex Poitras coming off the bench. I mean, Cal is opening up his, the his bench. Twins, he's playing, family playing, he's playing nine players. Yeah. Kyle Stad came back at a big, uh, pretty decent game. He's cut, he's he's really opening up the bench, Their having a much deeper bench you than he's had in his era. Yeah, you see Willis, uh, the, the Willie Colley Stein came through with came six and blocks went coast yesterday. To coast. Yeah, hey man, we we yesterday they proved that they're taking that step. I've been talking about all season with their family gelling and ready to to make this run. Uh, here in March, a- Ashley seems to question the validity of a another win at home at Rupp Arena against a depleted Georgia, Georgia squad. I mean, absolutely, like challenge is not a challenge whatsoever. And you guys go, we'll go listen, on the road to LSU and choke. Which Georgia is, is Georgia is four and two in the conference. It doesn't matter. You try to say a decent team. Okay, okay, they're decent because they play the School of the Blind and Saint Mary of Elizabeth. They have a winning record. They're four and two in their own conference. Hey, I mean, what, I mean, what, what's wrong? I will give you the power of SEC in football, but you will not convince me that Listen, the SEC I'm not is a strong basketball. It's not conference. the strongest. But okay, if so you look at we the, can agree that Louisville has some played meat. some chumps. We have. There's some you meat in the conference. Too. There's, there's a little meat in there. You there's get, not very much. Missouri's People a playoff now team. <laughs> SEC. Louisville beat U, uh, University of South Florida Wednesday, 86 to 47. The next game is against Cincinnati at the Yum Center Thursday at 7 p.m. Being brought out by by. Tupac with our thug theme, Thug Life. You guys like me saying that. We'll be back. Ashley, Carlo, Todd, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports bus. Down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers, and I'm hoping for Riley. I can see my baby tonight. So rock me, mama. Welcome back to the weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick in studio with Ashley Danielle, Carlo Kellum, Todd Neal. As you can see, evidenced by the theme intro music, we're joined on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. By our man Carolina Steve. How you doing this morning, Carolina? Just fine. I'm watching racing. What racing are you watching, and what's going on in the racing? Well, I'm watching the 24 hours of Daytona, the Rolex, uh, where they race around the clock. 
Uh, last night, there was a real bad wreck with the Ferrari team. One of the drivers uh, that was involved in the wreck uh, had a broken leg and had to have an operation and an operation on his arm, but he's doing fine and going to do good. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the thing is, but the uh, Delara Corvette was leading overall a while ago, and the Corvette was... Uh, the new Corvette, the, the Stingray, is a, 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 which is being brought back, was number one in the GT Le Mans category. So uh, we're looking for a good sweep from them GM boys out there. Carolina, it's uh, it was a really bad wreck, one of the worst I've seen at uh, 24 hours there. And uh, have you heard? What's your take on uh, NASCAR right now? What's what's going on in the world of NASCAR? Uh, I know one of my favorite guys who's an up-and-comer, Alex Bowman, is going to be racing cup car this year. But I think him and Austin Dillon's got a good shot this year for a rookie year. What what do you see going on in NASCAR? I see if they do what they say, you win a race and you're in the chase. I don't think that's right. I mean, uh, Brian France is going to ruin NASCAR for us over with. He's the one that's uh, the president of it. I don't like a lot of the things, but I do like the qualifying. But with, with Ed, it's just if you went, then they're going to have knockouts during the uh, race. And technically, as long as you can stay in the top f- uh, five and the last four races, you can, uh, you know, you, you start, that's how it's going to be. I just don't think it's right. I think that should, this should be. Let them go back to like it was where they just have a winner at the end of the time. But it's going to be good. Uh, you're going to have a great Daytona 500 this year. I, I'm looking forward to that four weeks from today. And please get music about racing as your bumper music. Things like Tim uh, Wilson's, they call me Dale Darrell Walter. Uh, we can do Ricky uh, Bobby. Like, we can do Ricky Bobby. Listen? <laughs> you know Ricky Bobby? Oh, Ricky Bobby, yeah. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> what do you What do you think of that movie, Carolina? I mean, a lot of us associate the entire sport of NASCAR with, um, you know, what is it, Talladega Nights? What do you What's your take overall on that movie? Does it shed a good light on the sport of NASCAR? It was not one of the best movies I've ever seen. It was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it is funny. I really not, like it. Not one of the best. Uh, Will Ferrell is a great actor, and his character that he played, and the guy that played uh, Cal Noggin was good. Uh, but I just don't didn't see it, you know. It was a little bit uh, down to me. Best movie I've ever seen on racing was one that Steve McQueen did called Lamar, where they actually he actually raced in the race some of his uh uh actual racing footage because he had a camera on his car in the uh thing. I mean that was the most realistic. Uh then you had uh Stanex's Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder, which I liked. Uh yeah uh, did you see Days of Thunder? I have, yeah. It's been a while since I saw it, but yeah. Uh, obviously a, a, a legendary movie. The, the guy that uh, Harry Hogg was actually based on a, a, a real-life person named Harry Hyde 
who was from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, he's the one that uh, uh, showed that he was, uh, Harry Hyde was the technical advisor for this movie. And a lot of the sayings and things actually happened uh, to to uh, some of his drivers. One of them was he like had to get Bodine out so they could eat ice cream in the pits. Right. Did you, uh, Carolina, I don't know how old you are there, but did you ever go to the Fairgrounds Motor Speedway when it was in Louisville? Yes, I have. I've heard of it. Uh, never got to go over to it, but uh, I did get to go over to uh, Louisville Motor Speedway and right. actually watch the NASCAR boys run over there on the uh, truck race. I went to the last truck race over there. I like the small, short tracks like that. My favorite track to go see a race is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. I tell they, you, they, let me they, tell you what mine is. My favorite track for favorite race of all time, I don't know if you've been to it, is the World Figure 8 Championship at the Speedrome in Indianapolis. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. It is the only yeah, race in the world where you don't have to start and you don't have to finish and you can still win it. It's a three-hour timed I, race. It's it's amazing. I know. Uh, they had the guy who won that race this year came over to the uh, sports truck. Right, Ben Tunney. Yeah. And or Mark, he, Mark Tunney. I'm sorry, Mark Tunney. Yeah, and he was leading all into the last race, and uh, the, the sports drone uh, champion beat him. Right, Mark Tunney is an amazing driver, short track. Also, another track I like is Salem Speedway. Have you been up there? Where? Salem Speedway. Up in Salem, Indiana. Oh, they have the ARCA race twice a year. Been there several times. There you go. As a matter of fact, I love to go up there, and I'm part of the Frank Kimmel Army up there. Oh, boy. He, he uh, did, And by the way, I don't know if y'all have seen this or not, but Will Kimmel, Frank's nephew, will be racing five races in the Nationwide Series this year for TriStar Motorsport. Yeah, I saw that. He's a, he's a young up-and-comer. Yeah, he's he's a good driver. He drives Salem tremendously. He's uh he's been in the run up there several times with it, and uh, I think Frankie may be running up there next year uh, during one of the races. That's uh, Frank's boy and everything. But the place I like to go, they made a series about it and put it on the History Channel called the Madhouse. Wow, Bowman Gray Stadium. In Winston Salem, North Carolina, the thing about it, it's a quarter mile track around the football field. Wow! Wow! It's pretty neat. Yeah, you know they're yeah, yeah they're going at Bristol. They're going to have uh, Tennessee and Virginia Tech. When is it? 2015 next year. Yeah, as, as a matter uh, as a matter of fact, oh Bristol, I'm gonna go to that because I'm a, I, I like to see the Hokies play. And uh, last time, uh, one of the times I was up at Bristol, Frank Beamer was the uh, Grand Marshal. Wow. He's got to hold some weight up there for sure. Carolina, before we let you go, I will get, as I've kind of bestowed this title on myself, as our, our resident thug on the weekend sports buzz, 
Look up the facts. Check out the resume. It's true. I'll ask your your take on the Richard Sherman interview with Aaron, Aaron Andrews, where he he yelled into the camera and he had a very professional wrestling type um, approach to it. What do you think of the Richard Sherman um, comments, the way he handled himself, and the backlash afterwards? Before we let you go, Carolina. Well, I think they didn't find him enough. I think if you go on there, you're going across to all the people. Be gracious. If you got anything like that, keep it in you. My my late dad always told me, if you can't say something good about somebody, don't say it at all. And uh, fair point. I think that I think that uh, he was just too too uh, over the top with it uh, and all. And I think that the one uh, I just like I think that. Uh, Belichick was over the top when he said that Wes Welkers was intentionally done and uh, everything. And I just think there's no call for stuff like that. Uh, and especially in front of a young lady like Erin Andrews, probably the second best sports person like that. The best one I just got through watching a while ago on Golf Channel. If you ever get a chance, watch the morning drive. And look at Holly Saunders. Look at her. Wow. Okay, well, Carolina, calling for the better sportsmanship. Thank you very much for the call, Carolina. Have a great rest of your weekend. Y'all thanks for 28 days till Daytona. 28 days till Daytona. Good stuff there from Carolina, Steve, talking about the, the Richard Sherman and the NASCAR. You know, we, we what we've been talking Certainly about. Certainly don't want to offend Aaron Andrews. No. <laughs> Aaron Andrews, how did you think Aaron Andrews handled that situation? I feel like she was totally off guard. Yes. She was clearly poor, it was I out thought of it was her, poor journalism on her part. Did you? Yeah, she should have. She should have. When you're interviewing somebody, you need to grab them, bring them close to you, so they don't get away. You know, you got to put your arm on them. Gotta, well, I yeah. think she and said she, that she, she got she, something in her ear she, that said in the interview away. right now. I think it was bad journalism. Journalism. Really? She should have engaged in a little bit more. She sounded. Uh, like she didn't have a clue, or like she wasn't even watching the dang old game. She was like, who clear, else was clearly, he talking about? She was expecting a clear, um, you know, generic uh, post game interview which where, where think, they went through some uh, cliche type comments. I think that's what she was expecting. Maybe, but which also made me think, makes me think that she doesn't know anything about sports because anytime you're in a sporting event with emotion raging at that level, there's no way you're getting a quote normal comment immediately like it just happened i think that if you ask Aaron andrews today are you glad you did that interview she'd say hell yeah that was her most famous interview probably ever it was terrible it, it, why was it terrible it <laughs> got ratings she, i mean everybody's ratings, talking about it why are we talking her. about it in louisville kentucky not because she of was her. afraid she was afraid i feel like she was like yeah, oh my yeah, god what, what should afraid. i do now how should she or, handled it differently what should i just she told said? you she should have grabbed and pulled him in and it got more deep into the interview you think she should have physically grabbed six that's what you do when you talk when you're interviewing somebody kelly you standing close to him I would have grabbed and him. You put and your you arm done around what? That and done what? And engaged him further yeah. in the dialogue because he had his rant. She was like, who, But she said like, she got a, someone about? in her ear was telling her, well, okay, I mean, end the interview if now. If that's the case, if that's truly the case, if your boss is telling you through your headphones to stop the interview, then you have to keep your job. But you do, if that yeah. wasn't the case, but I feel like her body language, we talked off. about body language earlier. I think her body language was, oh my God, 
What did I do? It what was funny. It was funny. She had no idea what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> and who are you speaking of? Who else? But who was he guarding the whole night? Yeah, she wasn't watching the game. <laughs> Apparently. But he yeah. was looking into the you camera. Know what? It I almost seemed honest. like he was this, talking to her. This is I no mean, knock against women journalism at all. And, and don't take it. Sounds the wrong like way, that's actually. what we're getting ready to get. Is but, a knock against it, it, women. That's what it does no, sound like. Don't take it the wrong way. Anytime you anytime you throw a disclaimer out there, it sounds like you're going to say. I don't want you to take it the wrong way because I don't mean to be chauvinist about it, but I don't think. That they should have women's on the sideline reporting. Because half of them don't even know what's going on. I think that regardless of gender, you should be, if you're on the sideline, you should know what you're talking about. If you're talking about sports in general, regardless if you're man or female, man or female, you just made me mad. <laughs> man or female, male or no, female, you should be able to know but, and be able to engage in the sport that you're, you're, you're talking about. There's no way I stand on the sideline of a football game and can't tell you what just happened or be able to ask someone a question after a really huge play. Like I think that, that she knew I, what was happening. I think she was thinking more along the lines of, you're going to the Super Bowl. This is going to be a happy interview. Let's talk about next two weeks from now on Super Bowl Sunday. And then he looks in the camera and says, don't ever talk about me. Who the hell are you talking to about? Well, right? I, mean, I, I, mean, think that I know he's been guarding Michael Crabtree, but I mean... I didn't know who he was talking about immediately. Did you? I did because yeah, I, I was watching the game. I watched the game. Yeah. I was you watching were... the game too. I saw oh, it Kelly. live. I was. I didn't know that he was Shut talking. Shut the about... hell up! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I'm defending Aaron Andrews on this one. Todd, what did you think? Uh, I agreed that you should know your stuff. And you don't think that Aaron Andrews seemed to know what she was talking? She about? She seemed lost. She was lost. And he, uh, was from... you know, maybe somebody's looking through the peephole or something at her. But uh, <laughs> she she seemed like she was out there and. I don't know, and then abruptly cut it off. I mean, I would have gone on and really dogged it. It could have been a really great interview. It could have been. It could have been if they would have let it go on. I want to encourage our listeners, you have any comments on Aaron Andrews, Richard Sherman, give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. As everyone knows, at the 11 o'clock hour, we have the most famous and well-known segment in the Louisville sports radio community. And that is, what's it called, Carlo? Ashley's Loco Cinco. Ashley's Loco Cinco. As you like to say, Ashley's crazy. <laughs> so, Ashley's crazy top five. Ashley's crazy top five. We'll be back with Ashley's crazy after this break. Carlo Kellum, Todd Neal. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 till 12 by Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Give him a call, 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. With no further ado, all the attention and anticipation is focused on Ashley's Crazy. This is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Me, me too. <laughs> Love it. I do too. Carlo, you don't have anything to say today? No comment there, Carlo. He's angry oh, with sorry. me. By no, saying no comment, <laughs> by not saying anything, he really did say something. I right. know, right? It's the best segment of the show. That's what we're looking for, Carlo. I don't believe you. So, here's my top five. 
Story number one, I think, is appropriate because we were just talking about wrestling. Okay. WWE superstar Seth Rollins had an interesting situation during a wrestling event last week. Apparently, uh, during an interview with the Wonder Years lead singer Dan Campbell, Rollins dropped this news. He was asked that what he asked what was his all-time worst mistake in the ring. What he urinate on himself? He urinated during the match in a water bottle underneath <laughs> the ring. What, the hell? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, sometimes you just have to go. Yeah. Have Mark, you ever had Mark- anything like that happen to you before? I've peed in a, in a bottle in a car before. In a wrestling match. I saw, in front I saw of my thousands son do it a couple people. weeks ago. Pretty, well, at least he went under the ring. You taught your son that. Was this, this, I did, apparently. <laughs> this this had to be recent. This is probably remember. a gimmick where he was under the ring, and he had to stand there for extended time. Because yeah. there's a story also about this of, I believe it was Matt Bourne, who was Doink. And, doink uh, the Clown. And he right, passed away recently. And he was under the yeah. ring. When they did this, when they broke down the ring, Let's say there was um, um, some business over in the corner that uh, the guys who broke down the ring crew found uh, pretty offensive, and the smell was uh, pretty bad. I heard about that. Oh, yeah. my God. Right. Imagine a guy doing that on the ring and getting in the match and working with you. What if he did it during the wrestling match, wow. just like down his leg or something? You know, that. Mark Schlereth, um, who was an offensive lineman for the, the, the Hogs up front for the Redskins and the Broncos, and now a, a very popular radio personality and ESPN NFL I'm analyst. You say that's why John Owe won the Super Bowls. But go ahead. Offensive line does matter, yeah, Carlo. Yeah, I really don't. That's why Thiesman was great. But anyways, Mark Schlereth is known as Stink, and it's because he said that a lot of times during games, he would just just urinate all over himself because he was so bandaged up, he had so many injuries that he didn't want to have to take all his 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 stuff off. He was so so wrapped up with uh, you know knee pa- knee uh, equipment and everything that he peed on himself. He said most Sundays, and that's why he's called Stink. That's we, gross. believe it or not, we have a an MMA fighter who will remain nameless in Kentucky who uh, really wouldn't take a shower for about four or five days before the fight. Before the fight, wow! And he actually fought, and the guy—I'll never forget. It, I put on the results tap to smell. Because he gave up. Godly. Wow. And I told him, you will never, ever come back here again smelling like that again. Wow. Like, do you not notice that you smell bad? Well, I think that was part of his tactic. He even said, he said, well, I do that, you know, as as part of it. Wow. It was amazing. It was, oh, it was ungodly. That is... That was in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I've never done anything like that, I can honestly say. I peed in, like, you know, in the ocean and stuff like that, but. (laughs) Oh, pollution. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but I've I've never been through a radio show and been so into it, maybe, that that I just just go on myself. Yeah, Yeah. I drink a lot of water during the show. You'd be surprised, you know, I'm surprised I actually don't go on myself. Someday I'll tell you off the air my worst uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know what they say? My, my, My saying is any port in a storm. Sometimes okay. you just gotta go. My brother actually and his buddy got caught. This is interesting. Yeah, uh, using the <laughs> restroom, talk about you know, urinating, pe- the peeing outside, and yeah. they were actually charged with indecent exposure. And um, I mean, it, had they been convicted, they would have actually had to register as sex offenders. So Whoa. if you get caught peeing outside, I also had one of my buddies who got caught peeing outside of his car and and got locked up, and put in jail. So I mean, that's something you got to be careful with. 
Be careful where you urinate. Be careful where you pee. The next story, as most of the free world knows, Justin Bieber is not having a great week. So the pop singer was arrested early Thursday, January 28th, or 23rd, and was charged with drunken, drunken driving, resisting arrest, and driving without a valid, valid license. To make matters worse for the 19-year-old, the Miami Heat reportedly had his tickets revoked for their home game that night against the L.A. Lakers. Wow. However, the owner says that he denies that Bieber was ever banned from the arena. What do you think? Should the NBA be able to make moral decisions about the celebrities that attend their game? I don't know. I mean, that, that's a pretty bold statement to come out and say. I mean, who, how many season ticket holders go out? <laughs> he did have marijuana in, in his blood, I think. Right. Or in his urine or whatever. But they I'm tested. saying, like, so, how I mean, many? That, that's a bold statement. How many season ticket holders do get DUIs? I bet a lot. Right. People just don't care like they do with Justin Bieber. True. I think this goes to show that nobody likes Justin Bieber. Nobody does. I, 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 will <laughs> I defend, like Justin Bieber. I'll defend Justin Bieber because when I was 19, I was doing the same things. I was. But there's just being honest, that doesn't mean it's right. Todd, what do you think of that? Uh, Doesn't mean it's right. I I just think that it's overblown the hatred toward him. Well, you know, with with Bieber, you didn't have his money. I didn't. You didn't have his friends. I was I was drag racing a '94 Escort. Oh wow! On the interstate, not a not a Ferrari or Lamborghini. Right? Do you have 21 inch rims on that? I did. I had pop on hubcaps. He probably had spinners. It was pretty cool. I just I I just think that uh, Justin Bieber has grown up with a generation of our our children, and a lot of kids looked up to him. And uh, they really did. They did. And they did. And now, my wife. I think people still do. About, you said people look. Kids look up to Justin Bieber. They yes, did. they do. Anybody of any did. type of public my, status, kids look up to. My him. wife allowed uh, our, our five year old daughter to own his CD, and now she says that she like regrets letting her. Well, that her was listen back in the day it. when he was Justin Bieber. Like my son looks music. up to John. My, they look up to John Cena. Jeez, not Justin. Well, Bieber. I mean, Ashley looked up to John uh, Justin Timberlake. I didn't say so. I looked up to him. You gave me a choice, and I made one. So who'd you look up to, Ashley? Was it? Uh, when the, I was a the, kid, yeah, who'd you look up to? Uh, I liked people like Janet Jackson, and I liked—I mean, sports players. My favorite all-time player was Shaq, so I really, really admired him and kind of modeled my game after him a little bit. Between him and Dennis Rodman, and we see where Dennis Rodman Dennis is Rodman. today. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think you can really go back five years, ten years, and my measure mo- what those people are going to be like. But guys. There is a second part to the story. Okay, go right. on. Right. Please okay. do. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we went on a tangent. By all means, okay. sorry. Justin Bieber was rolling with pro bowler's ex-girlfriend Ooh. when he got arrested. So Who's the pro bowler? Deshaun Jackson. Oh, He Deshaun. didn't seem too concerned about this. Apparently, the woman in the passenger seat of Beam's Lamborghini was Chantel Jeffries, Deshaun's ex-girlfriend. But when someone asked him at this pro bowl event in Hawaii... If he had heard anything about it, he claimed he hadn't heard and he didn't care. People think he's lying. I don't know. If your ex-girlfriend was hanging out with a 19-year-old pop star when he got arrested, would you have been the smallest bit upset, jealous, anything? If it was an ex, no, I wouldn't care. It, it, it's his ex? It's his ex. Okay. He's a, he's a pro so bowler. So you didn't say he went from, she went from pro, pro bowler I'll have to, see to Justin Bieber. Like. Yeah. You'd have I feel to see like, what she looks like. I feel yeah. like <laughs> she's cute. She's very pretty. I'm sure very she pretty. is, yeah. There's a picture. Actually, I saw the picture. The actual picture was on TMZ of... Uh, Chantel Jeffries with Deshaun uh, Jackson. They have like a selfie of their little faces together. But I'm saying he's 19. Justin Bieber's 19. And I feel like Carlo has some serious hatred towards George Justin Bieber. The Bieber fever. 
think he's an idiot. I think he would be. I think he would be upset. That's fair. I mean, a lot of people are idiots when they're 19, right? I wasn't. You very weren't? true. Were you not? Oh, I was very mature and okay. living Maybe on my own and in school. And How working. many of your friends were idiots when they were 19? Do you I mean, hate them? Uh, no, it's them. different. All of them. It's yeah, different. I was. Including I, me. Yeah, I certainly was. I didn't have a Lamborghini or I didn't have a, a, a pro bowler's ex-girlfriend wanting to go riding with me. Does the pro bowler's ex-girlfriend add to the street cred? Thug life. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Bieber's doing all well, he can. Is he hanging to... around with some big rapper? They got, uh, I'll I don't say, know, some as, the res- got, as um... our resident um, thug of the weekend sports buzz, I will say I think that Justin Bieber really is, you know, increasing his street cred through all of this. I mean, he actually went to jail. You see him in the fatigues. He actually um, was smiling in his mugshot. I he, thought his mugshot is a cute picture. Yeah. You know, on Facebook, I posted... Uh, a picture of him and Molly Cyrus. They do oh, look God. the same. Without the makeup, they, they look exactly the same. Scary. It's one and the same. A lot of people hate him because he looks kind of like a girl. I mean, how can you hate somebody because Justin they're pretty? Justin Bieber is cute. You can't, I mean. A lot of people really dislike him because he looks like a girl. I can say what I really want to say on the air. I can say it Carlo, please yeah. let it let Can it you lose. say the B let word on the air? You, you can you insinuate it. You can insinuate the B word on the air? You can insinuate it, and you just did. And you just did, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. Okay, so so the Justin Bieber story, that's got to rank up there. That's significant over the past week, without a doubt. For sure. Third story. One of the star linebackers at the University of North Carolina has been suspended from the team after allegedly picking a fight with a parking lot attendant and then body checking him. What? Yes. Travis Hughes... The fifth leading tackler on the Tar Heel squad got into it with a parking attendant Thursday when he noticed his car was being to- towed from in front of his residence. <laughs> According to court documents, Hughes, who's 6'2", 225, chest bumped the parking lot attendant trying to get him to move from behind the vehicle so he wouldn't get towed. So <laughs> law- <laughs> Seriously, this is not football. Uh, law enforcement says Hughes left the scene and he was pulled over a little bit later, less than a mile away, and arrested for assault. Since then, Hughes has been suspended from the football team. I mean, I understand everyone gets annoyed with parking lot attendants. There's a whole show about it. Yeah. <laughs> but what's really going on? Roid Did he really think he was going to get away with that? Is that roid rage or, I mean, just a, a bad attitude, thinking, you know, a sense of entitlement? I mean, apparently he was parked illegally. If your car is getting towed, it's not getting towed for no reason. So yeah. that's your fault, number one. And the parking lot guy, I mean... Sounds He's probably, like, I mean, just a regular guy, and you're going to go 6'2", 25, 25 like, and chest I like the Heads Carolina's take on this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, if Justin Bieber oh, were, was doing something like this and assaulting someone, because that's what that boils down to is you know uh, a football player basically assaulting someone. I got a bad feeling about her top five going to include something I'm not going to like. What's that, Carla? I don't know. We'll see if she put it in. There. Okay. Oh. All right. What, what's next on? Jeez, Ashley's this, crazy. I think this story is a it's nice, inspiring I story. Think it's this next some one? people probably knew about this, and I did not. Maybe I was the only one that missed it. Um, but Derek Coleman, first deaf offensive player in NFL history. That's right. Um, but apparently, the people say that he's more than just a historical benchmark. The first thing you have to know about him is that um, no one thought he'd ever be here in the NFL or in the Super Bowl or in the NFL at all. Uh, Coleman apparently was always told that deaf people could not participate in team sports. He was told that in order to be successful at sports, you have to be able to hear. And he said that there was always someone telling him that he couldn't do it, but that would change over time. Of course, he was a running back for UCLA and still pretty good. Uh, but he wasn't drafted in the NFL, and a lot of people question why. Not even not even in the late rounds was he given a chance. Uh, but 
it was entirely possible people didn't think he was good enough. He rushed for 700 yards, over 700 yards, had 11 touchdowns his senior season, but he was picked up as a free agent. You know, that I find that really uh, unusual because Kentucky School for the Deaf has historically one of the best football teams all, all the, every year. Wow. They're a single-A team, but they historically, and they do it by counts. You know, they count within their head. You know? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It does. And uh, you could see we're, we're in today's NFL with with um, arenas like Seattle, where Seattle plays, where it gets so loud, where that would be actually a, a, an advantage, right, Carlo? Where if you're deaf and you can read sign language, I mean, that would be advantageous. I would say so. Yeah. But apparently, um, he was highlighted in a Duracell commercial featuring him that's gone viral because they asked, how is it possible? He said he uses these intense hearing aids. He describes his hearing on a numerical scale of 1 to 10. He said people with good hearing range fall in about 7 or higher. When he has his hearing aids, he said he's a solid 7, but without them, he says he's maybe a 1, maybe less. Wow. So the commercial shows him taping his hearing aids before taping them on before he puts on his helmet. I mean, how hard do you guys think it has to be to be successful in a pro sport without solid hearing? I don't it's know. Pretty, it's a pretty inspiring story. It's a very yeah. inspiring story. I like it. Feel-good story on the weekend sports buzz. It's not all thug life on the weekend sports buzz. Not all buzz. thug life. Not all thug life, but what what is the next story? The last story is about you guys' favorite Heisman Trophy winner. Oh. So what does he do after he leads his team to national title? We talked about him taking selfies on the toilet. But now he's trying to take his other sport team to a national title, which I had no idea. But apparently, Jameis Winston is preparing to take the diamond for Florida State Seminoles in the spring. Mm-hmm. So as you expect, he's setting his sights high for the baseball, or baseball season. And he says he wants to have the same effect on his team as he did on the football team. And... That basically means going all the way to Omaha, winning the College World Series. Uh, I don't know. My thought is, do you, as a football coach, let your Heisman Trophy winner suit up for the baseball team, risk injury in that way, or any other team for that matter? Because the story was saying, who knows, maybe next year he'll play basketball or something too. But what do you think, guys? You know what? I heard that he was actually drafted. Wasn't he drafted? Or He's a, a top draft baseball prospect. I wouldn't be shocked. If he went the baseball route over football for his future, all hmm. things being it's equal, safer, if you had more a, money, you have a son. If you know, if you have your son asks you, Dad, it looks like I can be, or Mom, it looks like I can be a professional pitcher in the major leagues, or I can go get my ass kicked in the NFL. I think the shelf life for baseball it's players is way and much you know, longer. And they make I mean, more you know, money. With my child to end up like Lyle Zedo, or you know that. Or uh, McMahon. Right. I mean, can't walk when he's 50. If he's that good and he's projected, Florida State is no slouch when it comes to baseball. Not at all. He's he's, uh, projected to be their starting closer. I mean, it would be very interesting to see. We saw it with Charlie Ward winning the Heisman and and switching over. But Jameis Winston is a different animal. He's truly an NFL prospect, right? I mean, he's a passer. So, I mean, he, he's going to be the first overall pick next year. I mean, year. like I said, it, there's a history in the NFL. Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks don't do very well. They really don't for some reason. There's but only the one quarterback. They get a big contract. Only one quarterback who's ever won the Heisman has ever won a playoff game. That's right. Timothy Tebow. Tim <laughs> oh, that's, Tebow. That's over the last 25 years. There was one years before that, but that's a no, very no, – was it? Ooh. No, yeah, there was. Ooh. I'll bring it up. But if you're a coach, do you try to – 
you know, encourage. If you're the football coach, I, I would, would you say it. no? He yeah. Can't, yeah. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If I'm a parent, I'll say go all out, do both of them, do what you want to do, do what you love. But if I'm a coach, like, look, it's either my sport or no sport. But th- they say that Jameis Winston, in large part, chose Florida State For because football? of or their football and baseball. Oh, wow. Because they have the dual. I mean, uh, Deion Sanders. Former Seminole. Yeah, he did the same thing. You're right. Yeah. Don't look any they further have, than the, the guy who perfected it, Bo Deion Jackson. Sanders. Actually, Bo, Bo Jackson had Auburn, Jackson but I'm first, saying right? Deion Sanders was actually a Florida State yeah. Seminole. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, there's a track record there. So, we're going to – we got one more story, Ash. No, I'm surprised. I'm, so, I'm shocked that she didn't include that crazy Kentucky story in her top five. Uh, Kentucky's not worthy of my I'm top five anything ever. One. Did you guys hear about that? Did we have time? I, I, we're going to head to a break here. We'll talk, I'll tell That's you what we back. call in the radio yeah. business a tease. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the weekend Carlos sports. Carlos a tease. Fun. Carlos a tease. I'll be- Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick in studio. As every Sunday with Carlo Kellum, Ashley Danielle, Todd Neal. We just finished up the the segment of Ashley's Crazy um, with the top five craziest stories in the world of sports from the past week. I want to encourage our listeners, if you have any comments on those crazy stories, give us a call at the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brian? Hey good morning. Great. How's everybody doing there? Good. Doing good, Brian. How's it going? Good to talk to everybody. Well, hey, I just wanted to give everyone a uh, Kentucky Derby update. I know in the cold of winter and we got snow and uh, all that, but we're moving on towards the first Saturday in May. We had a, another 10-point race yesterday at Gulfstream. We had the uh, Fountain of Youth. I'm sorry, we had the Holy Bull, uh, which is a club for the Fountain of Youth, a 10-point race, and it was won by Cairo Prince. And Cairo Prince is, is shaping up as a real derby uh, threat. Uh, he barely lost to, I think, the, uh, the current Vegas odds-on favorite honor code, another Shug horse uh, who had an orb last year. So those two horses are really, uh, really looking. They, they, they're both bred excellent and uh, look like they can get the distance. And, you know, still a lot of things got to go right for them between now and uh, the first Saturday in May. But right now I'm like an honor code and Cairo Prince who looked very impressive yesterday. Hey, uh, uh, the Brian, undercard. Oh, I'm sorry. Brian, I'm sorry. Uh, does Suge McGahee, does he still train for Ogden Phipps exclusively or does he have other stables now? He, no, you're 100% correct. He is and has been for a while exclusively with Ogden Phipps. Okay. He, uh, I didn't know that. He's been their private trainer. He moved out of Lexington and moved to New York. He's a Lexington native uh, and lives in New York and uh, still still loves to go to Lexington to get the great horses. But uh, he is exclusively uh, in New York. And it was everyone loved to see Shuck do so well last year because he's a very likable horse, a likable trainer. But uh 
and he's back at it again. And uh, he's uh, he really thinks he's got two horses. He's got another one, an AP Indy, which is the last crop of the AP Indies, who's he likes a lot too. So he he's he's coming into this Derby, but he is really high on honor code, and uh, uh, I am too. They on the undercard yesterday. They had the forward gal, which is a prep for the Oaks, and it was won uh, by a horse named Only for You, who's out of Malibu Moon, same sire as Orb. So uh, she's a very impressive looking filly for the Oaks. Um, there's four more 10 point races left. Uh, the next one will be Saturday in New York, the Withers, and then four more. And then starting in uh, the end of February, the Fountain of Youth will kick off the 50-point season, and things will really start heating up. But if you remember last year, and there was a lot of controversy about how many points you needed to get in, you could have got into the Derby last year with 10 points. So these these races now, a lot of people don't think maybe they're that big. I do. I think you win one of these races, and uh, you obviously want to try to pick up more points. But if last year was any indication, you might be able to slide into the gate with just 10 or 15 points. Great so uh, it's heating up, Brian. What's the next big race on the on the schedule um, before we we head to the the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday of May? Well, there's a bunch of them. Uh, as I said, next next Saturday there'll be another race like yesterday, a ten pointer. Uh, but then it really starts heating up. If you remember, they go to fifty points. Uh, there's four more races, and then they go to fifty points, and then uh, then they go into the real big ones, uh, which are. Uh, Hundred point races, the uh, you know the Bluegrass and the, the Wood Memorial and the Santa Anita Derby and the Arkansas Derby and the Louisiana Derby. So, uh, but before then, there's big prep races for those ra- for those big races, which are obviously all prep races for the the granddaddy of them all. So uh, it's gonna it's moving along very good, and uh, uh, the points are starting to add up, and uh, it'll be interesting again to see how the point system. Uh, works out, and I forget the name of the filly. There, there is a great filly out there that uh, they like so much. They're going to point to the uh, Derby preps and get her in. Try to get her in because that's the only way a, der- a filly can get in the Derby is to actually run against the boys prior to the Derby. Yeah, I think it's the only part I don't critical. like about it is uh, you know fillies have to run with the Colts in order to get in the Derby. I don't think that's right. Your feelings on that, Brian? I don't like it at all either. I agree 100%. I, I, I like when the Phillies get in it. And if you look back in the last few years here, some of the greatest horses in training have been Phillies. I mean, Zenyatta, uh, she, she, you know, she won the Breeders' Cup Classic and lost at Churchill by a nose in the Breeders' Cup Classic. She was undefeated. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of great Phillies, not only in the U.S., but over in Europe. Uh, some of the best horses in training are Phillies. So, I like the uh, I like the added excitement that a Philly brings to the Derby, and that's my big knock on the point system that it excludes Phillies. Uh, and so uh, I'll, I'll I'll do a little research on the one that they're pre- prepping to that, but I think that that's tough, you know. To you know, one thing that uh, is interesting about when the Phillies run, you got to be very careful because uh, you know. Uh, fillies and males, just just like in humans, I mean, when they get out on the track, there can be some problems with breeding, and uh, so they do like to try to keep them uh, separated. And a lot of times in the post parade, they will do that. But uh, um, so you got to be careful there. But uh, it's, I think, it's always exciting when there's a filly in the Derby. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I bet you agree, Ashley. <laughs> well, uh, Brian Kelly has said, "What well, well, during the break when you, when you called?" 
He said that he is buying derby tickets, a box, for all of us here at the Weekend Sports Buzz. And uh, and I guess you were invited for uh, betting tips. Brian, what do you think? Well, <laughs> Go ahead and answer that. But my uh, my question that I want to make sure you answer before you hang up is, what do you think about Kelly Patrick being the resident thug for the Weekend Sports Buzz? <laughs> well, I tell you what. That's uh, I would say the best <laughs> word for that is troubling. I'm very troubled by that, but uh, <laughs> but I do see where that could uh, play out. But uh, he was a troubled I enjoyed youth. your. I, I'm sorry. He was a troubled youth. <laughs> yeah, he, you, you got that right. He was a very troubled youth. But uh, uh, I tell you, I, I I really enjoyed the conversation about uh, Winston and the Heisman Trophy. Is is one of the, one of you guys mentioned? It did bring back uh, one of my all time Heisman winners, Charlie Ward. Of course, it wasn't football to baseball, but I think probably even a tougher deal, and that was football to basketball. And he was he was a solid NBA player. He was. Uh, but I, I he, and he was a one of my favorite. Uh, not just. Uh, Heisman winners, but he's a great guy and a, and a solid NBA player. So what a great athlete that would take to 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 actually win the Heisman and go and play in the NBA. That's amazing. Brian, if you had the choice and you were advising, you know, maybe a young man that you wanted to really give him the best advice in the future, and he had the opportunity to either be a professional NFL quarterback or to be a pitcher in the major leagues, which of the two routes do you think would be best? I think no question that the baseballs are safer. I mean, as we get further into this concussion stuff, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's really scary, and I think we don't know the full extent of these concussions. And you know, when I see Peyton Manning sitting on me, and I could just be wrong, but boy, his his forehead sure looks like it's grown a few sizes. I bet he wears a different helmet than when he did when he got in the league, and uh, you know, it just. Uh, it's scary to see what the long term, you know, you, a hundred years from now, and they look back on football, and you know, when you think that these guys have played football all through high school four years, and then three or four years in college, and then a ten, twelve year NFL career, and the amount of head blows that they've taken, I, you know, it's, I, I don't think we know the full extent of those. So I would definitely go uh, with baseball, but I, I much prefer basketball, and that's why I really, really appreciated the. Uh, the thing that uh, the Charlie Ward was able to pull off. I tell you one real quick point of discussion. I don't know if anyone's seen this week's Sports Illustrated, but there's two Indian guys out of Toronto, Canada, that uh, one of Patino's assistants, I think it's Menendez, uh, who's at New Mexico. He's got him on his on his roster. The the freshman is seven three, and his brother. The sophomore seven five. Yeah, I and, did. Uh, I saw him play in the tournament. I think it was last year. I I, I was really excited for some reason. I mean, he's a good fundamental player. He's not like a, as good as Yao Ming or anything like that. But that's an interesting. I didn't know that the the tie there uh, between Patino and um, Marvin Menzies, yeah. I guess, at New Mexico. Yeah, he's got him in there, and his big challenge, which. I'm sure he learned a lot about nutrition and conditioning from Patino. I guess both of them are, uh, uh, you know, very fatigued when they play. So their 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 jobs to try to get them in. They're both they're not like uh, the typ- typical African guys that we've seen, Gorgie and uh, Mango, where they come in and they're trying to put weight on them. These guys are trying to take weight off them. Yeah, those guys and, are huge. Uh, so interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, they're big guys, and uh, I mean solid size. So I mean, I, I would guess it. Uh, that would probably be easier to do uh, than putting the weight on. I know Mango's str- uh, 
you know, been struggling with that. Uh, Patino says he, he they can't, he's never seen anybody that can't get weight on him. But I've been very happy, by the way, with the way Mango's played. But uh, it would be very helpful if he could pick up 20 or 30 pounds sometime in the next couple of years. Seriously. I yeah. think that's a good summer project for him. Ashley, what do you think of the progression of both Montrez Harrell and Mango? I mean, do you think that they're they're ready to take that next step for the Louisville basketball program for what is obviously their most glaring weakness in the front court? I think so. Oh, I, I do. Absolutely. I do. I'm I agree sorry, with you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think they're. I, I, I've been just shocked with Mango's energy level the last few games, and uh, I, I've been. Him, we all know what Montrez has, and he, you know, his game is really picking up. Uh, and I just think it's a testimonial to Patino. They just continue to work on their, their weaknesses, and but Mango has made great strides, and I, I really think for Louisville to go far in the tournament, Mango's going to have to continue to play more and more minutes, and, and I think he's capable of doing that. I agree with you, Brian. Good stuff there, Brian. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate the horse racing update, and we look forward to speaking with you, you next guys. weekend. Enjoy the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thanks, I think Brian didn't realize that, you know, I've been to a lot of Louisville games this Oh, year. here it Carlo comes. has. Carlo well, the I, skeptic. I, I, I've been there firsthand watching. What, what's your correction? Mango plays very well against lesser opponents. Okay. <laughs> but when he when they play against teams like uh, the North Carolinas or the Kentuckys, uh, I can't. Uh, he, he hasn't showed up against the bigger, the bigger competition and some of the bigger guys. He hasn't. Yeah, he didn't. I don't. I mean, just, against lesser teams, just, just I'm not like impressed. Just like Kentucky on the road, they don't show up. They stay on the <laughs> bus or the plane or whatever it is. So yeah, we won. What are you talking about? We've won home. We've won away games. This you year. have not. We haven't won a away game this year. Who did you beat? The school of the blind. <laughs> That'll bring up our next topic. Todd wanted us to get to is signature wins for our basketball program. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be back. Does Louisville's victory over Connecticut count as a signature win at this point? I know they're playing no. playing against Cincinnati on Thursday. What signature wins does Kentucky have? Would be Vanderbilt at home. At oh Vanderbilt. my gosh, are you kidding me? Hostile <laughs> territory. We're going to head to a break. Head to a break, and we will be back with more weekend sports buzz. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Being brought back with a little mellow. My favorite guitarist of all time, Wes Montgomery. That's his song, A Day in a Life. Kelly, Ashley, you guys need to get hip to that. Pretty I deep, thought this was Thug Life stuff. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty consistent with you my, know, th- I, my I, Thug Life yeah, I don't get a lot of requests, but I think, thanks for thinking about me, Ty. Yeah. Sounds good. This sounds really smooth. I like it. Say one of my favorite, West Montgomery. We're talking about signature wins. We're let's, talking signature let's, uh, wins. Let's take a pause to talk about something significant. Before we get into the signature wins, Ashley has something for us. What? Shout out to Russ Smith. Oh. Who escorts a manual high school, manual, the elite <laughs> Kentucky high school. Russ Smith escorts a manual player during homecoming because her date didn't show up. He was there at the game. She asked, would he escort her? He asked if he could. They said yes. So he walks her out on the court, which is really nice. 
pretty cool story, isn't it? His, his, his outfit was a little suspect. <laughs> he had on the George Costanza sweatpants. So. He wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. You Carlo, uh, so great. For those of you familiar with that, I'm oh, pretty sure Lord. somebody gets it. Carlo pointed out the outfit, but I have to say that I'm very proud that one of our players would do something like that. That's great. Yeah, I'm good. sure that made her life. And whoever this guy is that this this little this girl, this freshman, man, he's man, he's, he's yeah, he's he's not looking good. It was right a cute now. girl. I don't know, what was this guy thinking? It's what you guys do. <laughs> he's gonna be looking back on this kicking himself. Oh. She's you know probably what? happy that he did. The only you. problem I have with, you know, my dad, my brother, and my sister all graduate from Manion. Okay. Manion. Uh I, I personally don't care for Manion because they didn't accept me. Wow. I got a denial letter. That's unfortunate. From Manuel. That is unfortunate. So, oh, well. I went to the better school anyway, Central High School. Shout out to Yellow Jackets. Um, You know, I beg to differ. I'm loyal <laughs> to my, my school. Sign- you know what? The signature wins. I mean, Kentucky's on a roll right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, th- three, Until you get to LSU. Three straight victories. Two three straight victories. Two of those after victories what? are after, conference wins. After a road loss. Two straight our conference wins. I mean, two of those three our conference wins. You know, I can't deal a tough, with you, A tough Carlo. game. In, you know what? The game in Arkansas, the refs were so against Kentucky <gasps> that game. It was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. And, we just, and I, I never I talk about the refs, but that game was is, so My brain bad. is on fire. I can't even talk to you right I now. Never, I, never, I never throw in the referees an Carlo, excuse. But that game right there, was, the it, was in, <laughs> <laughs> it was inexcusable what they did. It now, really was. Kentucky coming off three victories at Rupp Arena against Tennessee. Against Texas A and M, against Georgia, against now, nobody, nobody, and nobody. Now they're going on the road for two games at LSU. It's two losses. I may give you all one and one. And oh, at wow. Frank Heath in Missouri. You know those two teams are actually. The, I said SEC from top to bottom is not that great. I'm not gonna lie. But like I said, there is a little meat, a little substance in there. And these two teams that we're about to play is part of that substance. LSU Starving. and Missouri. Starving. Missouri is an NCAA bound team. Will everyone agree that this is? "Quote unquote," a down year for both UK and U of L. No, no way. No, no. Compared to the past two years, for U of L, I would compared say compared to the past no, this, two years, yeah, this, where, where we won a national championship last right. year and Kentucky won the year before. This is an up year for neither UK. neither Louisville or Kentucky will probably win the national championship this year. I beg to differ. I don't, Do you? Who's going to win? I, I, think, I think Kentucky has a good chance <laughs> of making it to the final four. <laughs> you guys can't win when you're not at Rupp Arena. The national championship game will not be at Rupp Arena. Right now, so that cancels okay, you out. Right out, now, period. we. We are you're projected done. as you a number. Done. We're projected as a number two seed. You're already. gonna if you make it to number the tournament. Two right if now. you don't keep losing on the road for the rest of the season, and you guys make the tournament, you will lose in the first game because it's not at Rupp Arena. We have seven remaining away games, and I, you're gonna lose like five of I them. I predict that we're six or seven on the on that road trip. We may lose at Florida, but I say we're six or seven. Uh, Kelly, he's giving me a headache. That. I can't deal. I mean, it's true. You don't know hold what? Back, How many actually. times have I been wrong, Kelly, in my predictions? You're normally pretty yeah, accurate, normally, except for no, when you I'm guys lose, because right. you always think Kentucky is L- just gonna. Well, LSU uh. is led by a, a couple guys, Jordan Mickey and Jarrell Martin, both played in the Derby Classic, and also Anthony Hickey, former Mister Kentucky Basketball, so is what? the point guard for Kentucky LSU. has their own Mister Basketball and John props, Hood. Carlo. I don't care. We have I'm a Mister Basketball. Shut the hell up. Kentucky has a Mister Basketball and John Hood. Oh, Carlo, yeah, Carlo, not, really? It, it, you're on timeout. <laughs> You're it's on time out for five minutes. LSU, Mr. Basketball. LSU is twelve and six, fifth in the in the in the Southeastern Conference. Oh, well, not silence his mic. 
That's true. <laughs> Come on, Todd. <laughs> please. At least for two John. minutes until 11.50. See, I mean, you, you said he's supposed to basketball like that's supposed to impress Kentucky fans. Like he's we don't not have, saying I, that. He's I'm just, just giving him some props. He's trying to run down the LSU okay. team because <laughs> you're trying to say they're part of the meet. So, And I think what you're trying to do is is kind of give us the preface so that when you guys leave and we come back here, you guys lose, we come back here next <laughs> Sunday, you can say, I told you guys they were part of the meet of the SEC. That's what you're trying to do. He's trying to say this is the personnel that LSU has and why – it's going to be a difficult game for the Wildcats Be- on the road. Between now and today's Sunday edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz and next Sunday, Ashley and I's criticism of the Kentucky basketball team really will be put to test as they have two road games. So you know we'll either be made to be... not going to say a word next Sunday because Louisville's going to lose Thursday. <gasps> Todd, Kentucky's I mean, going to win. you got to admit, Kentucky be, has struggled on the road. I'll be shocked if she even shows up to the studio next Sunday. Oh, <laughs> based oh out, based really? I, it was very, uh, very coincidental that you weren't here last week after Kentucky took an L. So, uh, I was on assignment. I didn't hear you? For oh, the okay. knockout hour. Oh, okay. The yeah. night before. The night before, so you couldn't get up in the morning. Okay. Really diving into the Kentucky game and, and their win over Georgia. I mean, they have had some contributions from guys like Dakari Johnson. He played 10 minutes, had a pretty solid outing, two blocks. Uh, Alex Poitras coming off the bench for 16 minutes last game, 11 points, five rebounds. This Kentucky team, when comparing it to the rest of Calipari's Kentucky teams, they have a deeper bench. Don't forget about John Hood coming off the bench with scoring and also dishing out the uh, dime to he, poison. He played two minutes. And he got an assist and two points. Okay, he did. <laughs> oh, okay. Mr. Basketball quality right there. Continue, Kelly. I'm just saying – this Kentucky team is taking on an identity of a very physical, long team. They do have the potential and the athleticism. I mean, Todd, what are your thoughts on the current state? You saw the game against Georgia. You think this Kentucky team is taking that next step? Um, I think that they're taking small steps towards gelling and playing as a team. I, I said a couple of weeks ago that Poitras has to step up really to make this team work. He did yesterday. And, uh, he, he did that. And I think that, um, you know, right now they need to take it step by step, and they're just, they are getting better. They are getting better. Uh, with UofL, I really, I don't see where they're progressing. I see them in a plateau. And I think, you know, but, but then again, Patino always gets his teams ready in February and March. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens there. We were talking signature wins, and you got to say, at this point, Louisville's signature win is at Connecticut when Kevin Ollie got pitched. I, I, I don't think that's a signature. Well, win. then what is their signature? They win? don't have any. Okay. If you look at that, uh, Houston, Connecticut got beat, they got blown out by Houston. Houston's terrible. I mean that. That's not. Listen, that is that Calhoun is, that is, is not curious. walking. Calhoun's not walking through that door for UConn anymore. It's a different. It's team. a road win. It's not the same. UConn it's a road conference win. You guys, you were just talking about earlier in the show about it's conference. So every game is a tough game. You said that maybe it was off the air, but it's a conference win on the road. You got something that you guys have. Well, failed if it's off to the do. air, there's no way to go back and, and check the. Uh, well, the, Kelly was here. Validate this. <laughs> I remember it. But Houston beat Connecticut. Beat Connecticut. So yeah. when you guys make a, have a conference win on the Seven. road, you can talk to Louisville fans about that. Until then, you have no words. They did beat we Vanderbilt. Beat Bandy on, that's what I'm saying. We beat okay, Bandy, beat Bandy on the road. When you have Bandy. another one, How far talk back to us. do we have to go to find Seriously. the last one? The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. What Brandon brings to us every week is the truth. 
Best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Another UK McCall, fan coming in here to decide with me. So five eight seven zero zero four one. Because what what Brandon brings to us is the truth. He brings us our factual inaccuracies for the week. Each week at the end of the show, we have Brandon on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line with us to correct us. Brandon, how you doing this morning? What's up, Kelly man? How y'all doing? I'm enjoying listening to you as always. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, your man Carlos, he was wrong, and I know he was. I know why he was wrong on this because he doesn't like the Cowboys. <laughs> but uh, Roger Staubach won the Heisman Trophy in 1963, and also he won multiple uh, playoff games, especially Super Bowl six. Um, you know that's something that no Giant quarterback has ever done. Um, oh, so you know, so there's two quarterbacks. Tim, okay, Tim T. Uh-huh. in the last 25 years is the only uh, Heisman winning quarterback to win a playoff game. All right. Well, that was the last 20, yeah. the last 26 years, yeah. But I mean, you know, Roger Starback, he's the man. But I mean, and then also among the transitions, it's not an um, uncommon transition from quarterback to pitcher because a lot of pitchers are quarterbacks. Like Elway was drafted by the Yankees. Um, Chris Winkie was drafted. He didn't make it. Um, and, of course, you know, a lot of other position players like Bo Jackson, Brian Jordan, Kenny Lofton, but he played basketball. And, of course, Deion Sanders. So baseball and football kind of coincide a lot. They do. Yeah. Brandon, as, I mean, as, a- as another one of our, our Kentucky fans, very involved with the weekend sports buzz every week, do you think yeah. this Kentucky team is making the necessary steps that they need to make to be in form come – tournament time and make a run deep into the tournament. Do you think the the emergence of Dakari Johnson and Alex Poitras off the bench is significant enough for Kentucky to be a true contender? 100%, baby. They're going all the way. They're going to the Final Four. And once you get to the Final Four, anything can happen. The top teams aren't that, aren't that great. Arizona, Syracuse, they're not like, you know, uh, so powerful that, you, that they can't be beaten. And they have a track record of late being beat. I think the key to this Kentucky team is going to be James Young. He's making a, a great leap, and um, he's he's going to be one of those guys that are hard to guard, you know, because when they double-team, triple-team Julius Randle, James Young is the guy that can hit that three, he can slash, and he's he's, he's hard to guard. So I think, yeah, that Kentucky, this Kentucky team can make that leap. Um, yeah, as as can a lot of other teams. Louisville could also make the leap, but I, I think I like this Kentucky team, and I like the way they're progressing um, through through uh, through the uh, you know through the season. What, what's your take on the whole Richard Sherman situation, Brandon? While we got you on the line, we just got a few minutes left here. But I mean, what, what do you think of? I'll ask how Aaron Andrews handled the situation and the backlash with the word thug. Well, you know what? Here's the deal, man. Aaron Andrews has been like the most. Does, does anything more? Does is anything uh, happen uh, more to anyone else but Aaron Andrews? She gets peeped on. She gets commercials from getting, you know, being a peeping time. She's the uh, she's the scared white woman in the interview. Katie Scarlet. I'm like, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I think she. Was, I, think, I think. I mean, it was a horrible interview. She's like, who? Who are you talking about? Uh well oh okay oh back to you that's it <laughs> like what's going on what in the world is going on that was like the best opportunity for an interview man I thought I thought she was 
she was the witch interview. Then I saw Pam Oliver talking about she didn't even know the, about the quote in the old man in the sea when uh I guess so, Jim Harbaugh was trying to be uh uh he was trying to be use his uh Stanford background or uh, Stanford coaching degree um to talk about the old man in the sea and lost. But I mean, you know, those were like the two worst interviews ever, man. But Richard Sermon Richard Sermon, I, I mean honest with you, Kelly, it was bad sportsmanship, man. He's Richard Sherman is a jerk, all right? He got hit in the face by Trent Williams in uh, the Redskins' last playoffs, uh, the, yeah, and, 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 or the playoffs before last. And uh, he's a jerk. He's a great – he's the best corner. John Sanders said it, but he's a jerk, man. I mean, but he's not – I don't – you know, he, he went to Stanford, cool. But he's a jerk. You know, he should have got fined. But, um, you know, I don't agree with the – you know, uh, the racial uh, undertones or overtones and all that other type of stuff. But Richard Sherman is a jerk, man. I don't think anybody can dispute that. He's definitely turning into a Cortland Finnegan-esque type cornerback who, who's always talking. He's a trash talker. He, he gets in the head yeah. of the receiver that he's, he's going against. And as far as if I'm a Seahawks fan, I like it. So I agree with you. He's the best corner in the game. I mean, hell, he's 6'4". Um, he's extremely athletic. You can't throw the ball up over him. I mean, he's very that play, yeah. yeah, That play was unbelievable, man. I mean, he could the way he – he was beaten on that play. And he contorted his body. I mean, because Crabtree – that was a touchdown. And, and, you know, he just, like, came out of nowhere. And to have the presence of mind to tip the ball up into the field of play and, and get that – that was just – that was nuts, man. I mean, that was, like – that was a great play. Uh, Brandon, what's your predictions for next Sunday Super Bowl? I like the Seahawks, man. I, um, you know, everybody's in Denver. I'll take the Seahawks because I think, you know, people forget. Peyton Manning is a choke artist, man. He was He's a choke artist. He didn't – he backed into that Super Bowl in Chicago because they almost beat him when Hester, you know, he ran he, – people forget that. That game was closer than what it was, what it, what it ended up being. He threw the game away against New Orleans in Miami. And, um, you know, I think he's going to choke. I think he's going to choke. I think that uh, Pete Carroll will have his team better prepared, and I like Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson's a winner. They're going to have Percy Harvin back, and I think they have a better running game than uh, Denver in the, in the special teams game, also. So I think I think that they'll win it. I, I say uh, Seattle by Seattle by four, twenty six, twenty two. Great stuff there by our man Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Brandon, thank you very much for allowing us to be on the air every Saturday and Sunday. And thanks for the call. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brandon. Thank you. Hey, y'all, hey I tried to use my deep voice for Ashley. <laughs> I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. It's working for you, Brandon. <laughs> Take it easy. Good stuff there. Leading up to Super Bowl week, that has to be the talk of the of the of the town and in the sports world across the country. College basketball is in full stride, uh, but we got Super Bowl Sunday coming up this next week. It's been a great weekend, sports was. Time really has flown by today. As Carlo Kellum, Ashley Danielle, Todd Neal, and I will be back next Sunday for more weekend sports was. My friend.